0: The words of the prophet Isaiah. I will lead blind Israel down a new path, guiding them along an unfamiliar way. I will brighten the darkness before them and smooth out the road ahead of them. Yes, I will indeed do these things. I will not forsake them. But those who trust in idols who say you are our gods will be turned away in shame. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. The word of the Lord. Good
1: morning. Good morning. <laughs> Glad you came. You wondered if I was here. Yes, I am. And uh, wow, I think we should give applause to the Lord for the first time here. Just let's just give him applause. It's wonderful to be in this, the house of the Lord today. And there's excitement in the air and everything is just so brand new for us uh, we have more space, uh, no question about that. We might even lose some kids today, uh, but we'll let you know, uh, you know, well, we'll call you on Wednesday that they're out of food here or something, so, uh, you know, and it feels like we're getting into a new car. Uh, I, we rent a, a vehicle a couple times a year, and every time, you never know quite what you're getting when you rent a car, you know? Uh and then so when you uh, when you actually rent that car you got to figure out all the gadgets again and you know this the Ford this the Chevy they all they're all aligned a little bit differently so uh, it feels like we're getting into a a new vehicle and I'm learning to turn it on what what gear are we in and uh, but yeah you're looking good out there I'm uh, I can't see you as well as normal but it's getting better as the minutes go on so I think I'm gonna by the end look out I'll be looking at you real closely And thank you to all of our leaders uh, who have been planning and catching the details. Uh, Wow, they've worked so hard this week. Southwest, uh, we are blessed. We really are blessed and wonderful for us all to be together this morning. I'm so glad you've come. And uh, if you're brand new to Southwest, if this is your first Sunday, Welcome, and enjoy the newness with us today, I would say. Uh, and uh, we're also beginning a brand new series of messages today uh, called, Oh, Promises, Promises. Now, you could say that in a couple of ways. You could say, oh, promises, promises. You always promise, but you never come through. Or you can say, oh, promises, promises. And the inference is, wow, look at those awesome prom- uh, promises that uh, are in the Bible. Incredible promises. Have you seen them? Uh, They're in the book. They're in this amazing book called the Bible. Uh, Some careful students of the the Bible have counted the biblical promises, and they've come up with 7,000. We'll look at them all today. (laughs) Just kidding. But uh, you know those nice bucket seats that you're sitting in? Uh, if I did seven thousand of god 's promises today i 'd have you all fast asleep and no time flat and uh, you know these front seats, particularly they really bend back at the neck because you 're close here, so they get you back there, so watch your neck when you get up and try to, to go uh, i it almost feels like you should buckle your seats you know it looks like we 're in a big airplane and ready to take off uh, but uh some of you, uh, not many of you, probably, will remember a book that was written in the 1960s called *The Comfortable Pew*. Anybody, anybody read that book? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was written. The Anglican Church commissioned the uh, prolific historian Pierre Burton to write *The Comfortable Pew*, and he. He, they, they asked him to kind of analyze where they thought the church, where he thought the church was going in the next 20, 30 years post-war. And uh, he wrote this book, the, "The Comfortable Pew." But I think if he was here today, he'd write the comfortable bucket seat. <laughs> it would just be a little different. What's a promise? What's a promise? A basic dictionary meaning is that, uh, that it's a declaration that one will do what they said they would do. I promise. I promise. It's a ground for expectation that something good will come, whether success or excellence or improvement. I promise things will change. I promise. Uh, we had a friend travel to Florida a couple of months ago, Uh, and then I saw him walk in the service this morning, and he's up here, John and Bill. Welcome. I'm going to talk about you, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, John and I talked yesterday, so I know it's okay. But, you know, it's not a good thing for a Canadian uh, to uh, get sick in the United States. It's not a good thing. And have to go to hospital. And John spent his whole vacation, I think, three weeks in, in the hospital and racked up many thousands of dollars in medical expenses. $300,000, to be exact. $300,000. Did he have traveler's insurance? Yes, he did, good, and it covered his entire bill. Fortunately, he was aware of what was in his insurance policy, and so in the end, it didn't cost him anything except three weeks in Florida in a hospital, which is not very nice. But if you have no clue what your policy covers, then what happens uh, when something happens that it's unforeseen, you wonder, am I going to be okay? Uh, or at the end of the day, am I going to be trying to figure out how to pay this bill? But you know, the Lord has a promise book. And it, in the best sense of the word, uh, and, the, and the reason some of us get pretty uptight in life about the future and the things that are happening to us is the fact that we may not know the promises of God we may not know what's in the book and if you don't know the promises of course you're going to feel anxious now there's a couple of reasons uh, that are important for us to understand the promises that God has given to us uh, in in his word why does God give us promises? Well. First of all, God wants us to thrive in our journey with Him, and He wants us to experience His best. And so He gives us promises to move through the challenges of life. Have you ever been, uh, growing up on a farm, this would be common, uh, we'd have a creek running through our, our land, and there would be rocks in the creek jutting up. And, and it's still fun even today, you know, being over 50 myself. Um, the, the fact that you can jump from rock to rock to rock and look back and say, I made it across the creek. That is still fun. They look, that would be so much fun, is just to, to jump across from rock to rock. And, you know, God's promises are like the rocks above the water. You can hop here and hop there and then hop there, and you can land on the promises and say, Oh, amazing, look how far I've come. Because you've seen the promises. And I don't know, how how many know the hymn, Standing on the Promises of God? Oh, there's a few oldies here. I mean, a few people here. Uh, Yeah, Standing on the Promises of God. Uh, listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all-in-all, all, standing on the promises of God. So promises help you thrive. They move you through some of the tough places of life, and they keep you strong and vibrant. And they move, move you forward in your journey. So all the promises that just bless us, and you know we read them day by day and you just get a blessing. You come to church and you, get, you hear one of the promises and they renew you and, and restore you and encourage you. So the first thing a promise does is helps you thrive. And the second thing is uh, you learn to trust him and to get to know him and become more like Jesus as you get to know the promises. So there's a shaping process that's going on. He's shaping us into who he wants us to be. There's a wonderful verse. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this verse. Isn't it interesting how you can read the Bible for years and miss some verses, and then all of a sudden see something that is like pure gold, and you haven't seen it before? And, and last week, I talked about hopping. I was, I was hopping through 1 Peter. And I found this piece of gold, and it says, All because, and because of his glory and excellence, uh, I, boy, I can't look back there, so I'll just look out here. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Did you know that was in the scripture? When was the last time you pondered a verse like that? Uh, The promises help us share his nature. In other words, shape us into being more like Jesus Christ. And, you you know, you, you see that God knew we would need his promises because you can't make it through planet Earth without problems and pain. I've never met anyone yet who could say, I've never had a problem in my life. And I mean, if someone did say that, I would just say, hang on, be patient. You're not done yet. They're gonna come. So why do we need promises? Well, sometimes we just don't know where to turn. And when we are short on answers and strength, and we open God's word and we turn to his promises, we see how absolutely super important they are. And when our hearts are open wide to God, we trust in his promises and we say, Father, your, promises is, your promise is right on in my life and I need it desperately. So let's just take one promise this morning, not 7,000. This one is so important, I think, as we get started in 2023. And it's the problem or the promise The promise of guidance. How many in this room today are feeling like parts of your life are just a little bit out of control? Just a little bit out of control. Uh, And I'm not sure where things are going. Do you need a little guidance? Uh, Or do we all feel that way? I expect that they're, they're, all of us feel that way in some capacity or another. What have you been praying about? No doubt many of your prayers have been about uh, where God's going to take you and lead you, maybe in the days ahead, maybe in the weeks ahead, things that you're struggling with, decisions that you're going to have to make. and uh, Or maybe you're praying for guidance for other people, and you know the kind of challenges that they're facing, and then you're praying for guidance for them. You know, the reason that we're sitting here in the Cineplex uh, this morning uh, is, is the fact that uh, God has been leading us and guiding us and uh, I believe that firmly that he's been leading us here uh, to the Cineplex. We were asking the Lord to guide us because we were running out of time at the rugby club and we were searching and we were asking uh, God to show us the pathway, and we were getting a little anxious. No, I was getting a little anxious. Uh, I was honestly. And I was saying, Lord, where do we go? Where do we go? Uh, where is a place that would lead us so that we could thrive? And then one day it became clear that we should investigate the cineplex. My assumption was that another church was here. Because somebody said that to me one day, there's a, well, there's another church there. And I, I thought, well, okay, then that, there's another church here. But that, that was misinformation. And the timing was perfect. And just at the right time, God got our attention, and he directed us to check it out, and the doors began to open. And sometimes you just know that it's God, and that God is leading, and he's opening doors, uh, and he's using people as confirmation. Uh, and from the moment we shared it with our elders to our congregation, there has been this constant nod of approval and a sense that this is right. And you just feel it. like, in you, When you have the affirmation of the body, you just know that God's been in this and he's leading. So let me take you to a few scriptural passages that you can hide away in your heart for when you need them, either now... Uh, or uh, a week from now, or a month from now, or whenever the need arises. And the first question is, when or why does he guide us? I think either question works. When or why? There's a verse in Isaiah that Robert read that gives us a, a bigger picture. And the verse seems relevant to us in every generation. These are the words of the Lord. I will lead blind Israel down a new path, guiding them along an unfamiliar way. I will brighten the darkness before them and smooth out the road ahead of them. Yes, I will indeed do these things. I will not forsake them. Now, the, the book of Isaiah is, is a book that needs a lot of study, and I need to study the book of Isaiah more because it's so packed and it's got so many intricacies in it. Some suggest that there are three divisions in the book. First of all, Isaiah is speaking into his times and the decadence in the land in the time in which he was living. Then the second division is kind of a bridge between the first and the third section and kind of gives one of the causes of the Babylonian captivity. And then the third division, which is Isaiah 40 and on, speaks about the Babylonian captivity which is to take place, and listen to this, at least 130 years after Isaiah's time. Now, he predicts its coming, he tells them what it will be like, he talks about the regathering to the land, and the rebuilding of the temple, and that God is preparing people well in advance for the exile, and he comforts them in advance of the exile, And it's really quite fascinating how how he puts that together. And then in the closing chapters, 40 to 66, Isaiah talks about one who is designated as the servant of the Lord, the servant who will effect salvation, the one through whom God will accomplish his purposes in the nation. And this particular verse we singled out is when God will guide or why God will guide. So I want you to read it with me. It's on the screen. I will lead blind Israel down a new path, guiding them along an unfamiliar way. I will brighten the darkness before them and smooth out the road ahead of them. Yes, I will indeed do these things. I will not forsake them. Now, what a great promise for Israel and for us. He says, I will lead blind Israel down a new path. Sometimes we're blind, (laughs) and we don't know which way to go. And there are a lot of things that blind us. Trauma blinds us. I was reflecting on the eight young teenagers in Toronto, girls, who somehow were blinded as to what they were doing. Three 13-year-olds, three 14-year-olds, and two 16-year-olds who swarmed a man and went way too far, and they actually, they killed him. But obviously, when you think of that scenario, something blinded their eyes because they didn't quit. I mean, they should have never started, of course, but what happened in their young lives that they went down that pathway? Their few years on this earth was somehow blinded by Maybe families that were broken or hurt or, or confusion was, was, had set in. And, you know, we could be blinded by our past, by our tears, by our hurt, by our pain, by our confusion, by our culture, by our identity, by who we are. And the promise is that, is that when you can't see where you're going, God will take you by the hand and he will guide you if you invite him he sees the road ahead perfectly have you been unable to see where you're going I expect that's been our experience many times and if not you will no doubt experience it in the future Uh, if you haven't felt like oh Lord I, I, I just am lost here there's a promise that he will guide us when we can't see where we're going And you have to really relinquish yourself and say, Lord, I don't know. I don't know. But I know you do. Second, when we're blind, he leads us in a way that is unfamiliar. I will lead Israel down a new path, guiding them along an unfamiliar way. Now, God may have some surprises for us, for any one of us. He can do things differently than what we might expect. And the the way is never unfamiliar to God, but it's maybe unfamiliar to us. Imagine Moses, if you can get in his shoes, leading the children of Israel through the wilderness and route from Egypt to the promised land. And this was very unfamiliar to Israel. And what should have taken just a few weeks actually ended up being 40 years. And they did their fair uh, fair share of uh, complaining along the new way. And and in fact, they stymied the process because they couldn't simply trust God to lead them through this new territory. And they looked back and they said, we had it better in Egypt. This is really too much trusting God each day for his provision. Mark and I felt that, uh, well, many years ago before we were married, Uh, we we took a wrong road in driving from Vancouver to Seattle and we ended up uh, on a dead-end road with a big barricade and right at the end of the barricade was the Pacific Ocean (laughs) and we were traveling at night we were traveling full speed had absolutely no time to react put on the brakes turned the wheel, and let it happen what would happen. And the car spun around a 360, came to a, a stop, and shut off. And we looked at one another, got out of the car, looked at the water lapping up on the shore, and knew that someone was there. Someone was there. Someone guided. Someone protected It was instantly clear. It's like, oh, God, thank you. And perhaps we will all see that very clearly one day. Oh, Lord, I was so unaware of how you were leading. You were there. You were leading. You were faithful. You were so good. And look what the writer of Isaiah says. I will brighten the darkness before them. What a promise that God will turn on the lights so we can see where we are and where we're going. We can only handle so much darkness, and when we need the, then we need the Lord to illuminate our pathway. Remember that verse, Psalm 119, 105? Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. We go through dark times. And uh, God's at work in those dark times. And when the time is right, God throws on the lights and He shows us the direction that He wants us to go. But you and I know that the hard times are, are the dark times are hard times. And we all face them. And we don't know the next step. And we're absolutely overwhelmed by the darkness. And often in those times, what does God do? He sends us people. simply stand beside us and say, "Um, I'm here, I'm here, you're not alone. And just to have somebody just kind of take us and embrace us. And people come and they simply stand beside us in the dark. We can't explain how much that means. Even though you can't see it yet, it's still dark out there. That person beside you that just stands with you, that's gold. And I think of our friends that have come from Ukraine or Afghanistan. Can you imagine the trauma arriving here in a new country with the trauma of the past in their hearts and it's so dark, but to have someone stand beside you and say, "Mm, with you, I'm your friend. I'm here for you. There's nothing like that. Wow. And God has handed us an opportunity to be the church today and just in such an easy way, stand with people. Stand with people. Come alongside of them. And then the writer of Isaiah says, I'll smooth out the road ahead of them. God smooths out the road. That's a reminder of the obstacles that we face. There are things that block our pathway and make it difficult for us to go on. And sometimes those blockages are people. Sometimes they're relationships, strained relationships. Sometimes they're barriers that, and impediments that thing, things come against us to make it difficult to go on. And it might be finances, or it might be a whole host of things. And If you can imagine a big bulldozer coming along and smoothing out the road and shoving the rocks aside and knocking down the big bumps and leveling them out. So whatever needs to be smoothed out, sometimes they're relationships, sometimes they're distractions, sometimes they're misplaced priorities, and they make the road real bumpy. But God will guide us by smoothing out the road before us and he brings us to a place where we actually invite him to level the road for us. Lord, bring my heart into alignment so I listen and obey and make the, make the road real smooth for me so I can be about what you want. And here is God reassuring his people even before they go into exile. I love this. The, I will indeed do these things. I will not forsake them. This is so awesome. God wants us to know that we're not alone. He will guide us. And when you don't know where you're going, he will be there to guide you. Reach out to him. He will lead you in ways, perhaps, that are unfamiliar. And you don't know the pathway. Allow him to choose the pathway. And know he's a good pilot. He's a good driver. He's a good captain. And he knows how to get you there. And he wants to get you to the finish line. All through life, you can know his guidance. And I want to remind you as well this morning that God rarely reveals too much. Uh, he, he moves us along, and this is important for us, that just a page at a time. It's kind of like the unrolling of a scroll. I mean, you can't see it all at one time. You can't take the scroll and just roll it out from A to Z. Uh, but you can just do it a page at a time. And, and God has reasons for that. Because we might get impatient and do it our own way if we were to see too far into the future. We might try to be brilliant and forge our own pathway. But just a page at a time, he keeps us in harmony and communication with our faithful Father. And if everything was just so neatly laid out in our lives for you for the rest of your life, you wouldn't need him. You could pick and choose. Uh-huh, I like what you've got for me there, God, but I don't think that's a good idea. And you would pick and choose. This is how I want to organize my, life, organize my life. But when you live day by day, you have to trust Him. And That's faith. That's what the book of Hebrews says. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, it's clear that God leads us and He gives us guidance. But I just want to take a moment to, say, to ask the question, how do we receive it? How do we receive this guidance? What's our part in all of this? How does God want us to respond to the promise to guide us? And, you know, the New Testament is full of cases in which the early church ordered their lives by what they heard God say to them. And I love particularly, I think it's Acts chapter 13, uh, what was happening in the early church at Antioch. It says that while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said to them, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And I expect that kind of thing happened a lot in the New Testament. I think it happens today as well. And uh, we want to continue to foster that. While we're worshiping God... He speaks to us. You may hear a clear whisper this morning. It's awesome. We were uh, away a couple of weeks ago, and, and my privilege is to sit in the congregation and listen. And amazing how God speaks, how God speaks. Just a, a little word, just a little nugget. and That's the, that's the faithfulness of God. A.W. Tozer said, The voice of God is a friendly voice. No one need fear to listen to it, unless he has already made up his mind to resist it. I love it. So many people through history have expected God to lead them through his voice. What a litany of history, the people who have walked with God, and so many. I just picked out a few. Augustine, Francis of Assisi the story of Martin Luther, John Wesley. I mean, there's great epochs of time that have been impacted by these people. George Mueller, Andrew Murray, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, C.H. Spurgeon, D.L. Moody, A.W. Tozer, Dallas Willard, Francis Schaeffer, Francis Chen, many of our recognized contemporaries and, and, and all of us. And the songs that have, of the faith that have arisen through the years See how God has touched men and women uh, to write the lyrics to great music. And we have people here this morning that are gifted that way to write some music. Come on, write the music. We need you. We need the Holy Spirit speaking to us through music that you have written. And look at these old hymns, Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. All the way my Savior leads me. Lead on, O King Eternal. Where he leads me, I will follow. Holy Spirit, faithful guide. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Those songs and so many more were written by men and women who had a sense of the leading of God. Oh, and contemporary songs. Uh, Ancient words. Thy word. Oceans. And a whole plethora more. But how do we receive God's guidance so we know his direction in our lives you know these four points but I want to remind you of them very briefly as we close number one he guides us by his word he always guides us by his word the long haul of being in God's word will bring you great insight into God's word so don't miss that you say well I I get to the Bible once in a while uh, some sporadic reading here and there and good Uh, But I'm talking about the regular daily feeding on the Word of God that directs your pathway day after day after day after day after day. You build these layers of being in the Word of God. And you come to know the heart of God and what He desires in us and what He wants us to stay away from. God will never violate his written word. So the more you know the word, the more you know how God wants to lead you. That's the best way. Stay in the word. The Bible's not a map. It's not that you look up a particular issue and you've got your answers to it. The Bible is a compass. It points you to true north. And so you can begin to measure how your decisions look in light of of God who is, is guiding you and speaking to you. Secondly, he guides by his Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the Counselor, the Paraclete, the one who comes alongside. And when you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit is living in the residence in your life. And you have access to him 24-7. It's amazing. And any time along the journey, you can just say to him, Holy Spirit, Guide me in this now. Now, now, Holy Spirit, I need your wisdom here. Guide my steps, my mind, my hands, my feet, my tongue. Friend, the Holy Spirit is an amazing gift in your life. It may be easy to relegate him to the back corner of your life. Don't do that. Say to him, you're welcome in every part of my home. The kitchen, the living room, every room in my house or in my heart, it's all yours. There's a freedom there. And that brings great joy to the heart of God and to the Spirit of God, and he will help you know the wonderful things that God has for you. Thirdly, he guides us through other people. Actually, what prompted me to inquire at the Cineplex was Colton's comments in a staff meeting. He had just made a statement uh, about when we were talking about well where to where to, and he said well maybe we should investigate the, uh, the the cineplex, and immediately the spirit caught my heart and mind, and I thought yeah we need to, and in hours I was over here at the cineplex and they were welcoming us to rent the space, it was just like that, so. People, God uses other people alongside to speak a word into your situation, into your context. Listen carefully, and you will know, like, oh, that was a word for me through another person from God. Do you know why it's so important to be a part of a life group? Because God speaks to you through other people. Others share your journey and can speak into your life. And God sometimes puts it on the heart of another person to say a word. Uh, Pay attention to those things. Uh, We had a fellow come and pray yesterday. Uh, Most of you don't even know this, that he came in just as we were gathering to kind of set up. And he said, the Lord brought me over here today to pray for you and to pray. And he was walking through the auditorium here yesterday. It's not that he's part of our church, but he just knows us. He's praying. God uses people to speak his word to us. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Finally, he guides by his still small voice. Uh, Similar to guidance by the Holy Spirit, there are times when the Lord just gives you a nudge. He gives you a, I like to call it a whisper. The Bible calls it the still small voice, and we, we know the story of Elijah, where God didn't speak to Elijah through the wind or the, the fire or the earthquake, but it, he ended up speaking to Elijah through the still small voice. And every day, you can listen for his whispers. You never know when they're going to come. You can listen for his still small voice, and they're there for, for you. And sometimes you have to practice Just kind of hearing them and reflecting in your quiet time and taking a quiet moment and saying, Lord, if there's something you want to say to me, I want to be open to hear you and just be quiet and just listen. If there's something for you that day, I write it down. If if not, uh, it's okay. Be another day. It's fine. Uh, So those words guide you, they calm you. He'll give you a word of calmness like, it's okay. We've got this covered. Uh, yeah, they encourage you. Uh, If it's been a while since you intentionally listened for the whispers of God, just ask the Lord today to help you hear those little whispers, those little promptings. Lord, keep me attuned to your whispers. Help my spiritual ears to hear. Help me to recognize all those times when you're speaking to me and guiding me. So this morning, just one one promise, the promise of guidance. What do you need from the Lord today in the way of guidance? Do you need him to smooth out a road somewhere in your life? Do you need him to put a spotlight on your pathway? Do you need him to remove some of your anxiety and bring his calmness and assurance that he's got this? Do you just need to know he's there? Oh, Lord, are you there? And you're not alone. What do you need? What do you need? Would you bow with me? Here's a moment for you as we close. Close your eyes. Tell him you trust him. Invite him to guide you. In whatever way he decides best, just tell him you trust him you're going to trust him Lord, we, we trust you to guide us. Lord, here are your people this morning. Our needs are all different. But we all need you. And we need you to guide us and show us the way. And Lord, where our pathway seems so dark to us, we ask you to illuminate our path for the glory of God. Where there are obstacles in our pathway that need to be cleared out so that you can do your work, we pray that you would remove those impediments, Lord, so that the glory of God shines in, into our lives. We love you, Lord, and we are so grateful for the promises that you have for us. We, we take this promise of guidance and we take it into this next week. And we, Lord, we, we just get ourselves ready for what you're bringing to us this week, that we will be able to take the promise of guidance and just uh, bring it with confidence, Lord, before your throne of grace that you care for us in every context, in every situation, in Jesus' name, amen.